Welcome to the Go All In Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Bruss, and today on the show, we have Kurt Mercandante. Kurt is a branding expert, a speaker, a business strategist, and he helps executives, entrepreneurs, and enterprises to become more purposeful, productive, and profitable. Now, who doesn't want more of that? Let's get started. G'day everyone, I trust that you're well and you and your family and business are also doing well. If this is your first time here at the Go All In podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. This podcast is for you if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years. My guests and I will give you the strategies and the tactics that you need to help you to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be faster than you ever thought possible. To get there, you're going to have to work hard, learn some new things, but most of all, you're going to have to go all in. And I created and I do this show because there's nothing more that I like than eliminating roadblocks and shortcutting the path to success. In fact, I can't wait to celebrate your success with you. So make sure you reach out to me via social media or email. Now, before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and some go in love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and family. Kurt's got an important message and he's got a pretty cool story as well. And if we can help just one person to break through their barriers and to get unstuck, then Kurt and I would have done our job here on the podcast today. Alrighty, let's get into this one. For more than 23 years, Kurt has counseled small businesses entrepreneurs, as well as some of the largest corporations and associations in the United States. He's built three profitable businesses, including a seven-figure PR and advertising agency. Kurt's also a Gallup certified strength trainer, and he's the host of the Authority Brand Podcast and the author of the best-selling book, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. Kurt's spoken and trained and consulted all around the world, and he's now here on the Go All In podcast to share his knowledge with you. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming Kurt Mercandante. Kurt Mercandante, welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure to be here. All right. I'm really looking forward to doing this. You make it really easy because you're a fellow podcaster as well and somebody in marketing, branding, and PR. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation because that's my background as well. Before we get into any of that today, I just want to get to know you a little bit. Why don't you tell the audience where you're from and how long you've been doing this PR thing for? Yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. First and foremost, I'm a husband. I'm a father to four kids. Uh, originally, I grew up in the Chicago area and we moved to Charleston, South Carolina for a while. And actually last year we sold everything we own, almost everything we own, our house. We consolidated it all in a minivan and we're traveling around the country right now, the United States. And when they open up the borders, we're going to travel around. We created our own, what I like to call our freedom bubble. Nice. One place locks down, we'll go somewhere else. Yeah, and, uh, and just creating the freedom lifestyle that we want. Uh, from a work perspective, I help entrepreneurs, executives, uh, business owners deliver the right message to the right clients to generate more revenue. And I've been in the PR advertising biz for about 25 years, 
over that time, I scaled a, a seven-figure agency over 14 years. And uh, next Tuesday, I think is the three or four-year anniversary of when I shut it down at peak revenue because I, awesome. I grew to hate my clients, hate my business. I started over working with small and medium-sized businesses to really help them because you know what? They give a damn. They want to do it. They're the backbone of the economy and never has that been more important than right now. Yeah, absolutely. I I got some questions about that, uh, but I'm gonna just hold off on that for the for the time yeah. being. T- tell me about uh, that traveling around thing in the U.S. Are, are the state borders closed between states? Are they? Not yet. Um, they did a little bit. Uh, I wasn't that sure back when that when it started. Mm. Some states, as uh, I heard, were checking, you know, and they do these quarantines, but some of them aren't enforceable. Some of them are. Um, you know, if we go up to Illinois right now which our family up there won't even let us up there uh, to visit them. And there's such a, one of the beautiful things about America is, is federalism and, and, and states' rights. Obviously, we've had problems with that in the past, but if you really hate the governance in one state, go to a different one, right? And so, but, but it's also very different in terms of the media in different states. Mm. And in one state, you'll talk to someone and they are completely panicked in fear because they're being fed something differently than in another state. So it's interesting. And so what I tell people is we're flowing like water <laughs> to the place where we're treated best and where we have freedom to fulfill. So right now we're in, we're near the mountains in Tennessee. Yeah. We go hiking, kayaking. I went on a glider ride yesterday for the first time. Um, we were in Georgia. We're going to go to the beach next month. And you know, lockdown, whatever. I, we're not locking down. Um, we're being safe. You know, we're not putting anyone in harm's way, but you know, we know how to stay healthy. Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been a interesting year. That's for sure. The start of the year has been uh, pretty fearful and unknown for many people from all parts of the world. And just doing this podcasting thing, I talk to people all over the world. Um, but, but I think now people are like, yeah, kind of whatever, you know, I'm just, I got, I got to get on with my life. It's part of, part of our existence, a part of what it is. And, you know, for good, bad, indifferent, whatever, some people are winning, some people are losing. What about your business? Is your business prospering during this time as well? Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, and I don't feel guilty about saying that because, you know, I think, and I tell my clients, the definition of a business, it should be, and if it's not get out of business mm. is making a positive impact on the life of someone else. I don't care if you sell golf balls or consulting, right? Somehow you're making a positive impact on someone else. And you got to adapt to how you do that. And so I, I know a lot of business owners who are like, all right, a month in, if you're used to in-person sales or whatever, a month in, if you're still figuring out, got it. I totally have empathy for that. Like six, seven, eight months in, Come if on. you're still like, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I call those people the thumb suckers, right? They go in the corner, they curl up, they suck their thumbs and nothing I can do. And then the people who are winning are, are you know, I did a lot. I lost $30,000 worth of revenue keynote speeches in about an eight hour period in March. Mm. And I was mad for about eight hours. Mm. And then I got up and I said, well, how am I going to recover that? And I just changed the way I do business. Everything I do now is virtual boot camps. And I'm like, this is, this is actually wonderful. Mm. I can help people around the world. It's just like you and I are talking right now and I can live wherever I want. I, my last boot camp had a guy from Zurich and a guy from Michigan. I awesome. mean, it, it's just, you know, so, so there is opportunity. Um, there's always opportunity. You just got to know where to look. 
Yeah, to- totally agree with that. It's a it's a beautiful positive outlook. I love that so much. It's such a such a nice thing to hear, and it's a really pleasant pleasantly described way. The same thing happened to me at the start of the year. I had about four or five speaking gigs lined up, um, and I don't really get paid to do the speaking gigs, but I do generate a lot of money to actually on the back end of it from selling stuff and winning new business and clients and things like that. And uh, same thing. I was I was pretty cranky for about forty five minutes, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, well, I don't have the money anyway. And, you know, getting on a plane and going to another state and going somewhere is a bit of a pain in the backside sometimes as well. Whatever, I'll work it out. You know, it's not a big deal. And I just kind of like, I just, whatever, I just let it go and just just move forward. It's just nothing you can do about it. There's, you know, there's restaurants that have, you know, you see it so clearly and the adaptability mm. that some restaurants, I mean, I, there's a restaurant near here where there's a sign out front that said, all right. COVID C in 2021. I talked to a business owner last week. He said, well, the business cycle is what it is. It's, it's COVID. I'm just waiting. My business is going to come back when they have a vaccine Ugh. and I'm not going to get into vaccines, uh. but if you're outsourcing your success on hope on anything else, I don't care if it's a vaccine. I don't care if it's, you know, God coming down from on high and you're hoping that he's going to magically do whatever you're not in control and you're going to be in panic. You know, you got to focus on what you control. I mean, there's restaurants, sit down Italian restaurants who built drive-in windows mm. in the side. And then there's other restaurants who are like, nothing we can do. And if, if you think there's nothing you can do, you're absolutely right. Yeah, but if you, exactly right. you step back at Robert Kiyosaki, mm. he's got a great line. And it's, it's one line I say, you know, how, it's, it's such, it seems so simple. But if you start asking yourself this one question, it changes you from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. And he was taught this by his rich dad, quote unquote. And it was, instead of looking at something and saying, I can't afford that, ask, how can I afford that? Yeah. And it changes everything because the other way is just a closed statement. Now it's like, oh, that forces me to be creative and figure Mm. something out. Not going to be easy, but how can I do that? How can I figure out a way to do that? Then you start reverse engineering it. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. <clears throat> I love the Grant Cardone one as well, whether you like him or or hate him. Um, he has some good stuff. And and Uncle G says that when you 10x something, it, the, the multitude or the multiplication of 10x forces you to think completely differently. Because if I look at my business today and I say, well, how can I double what it is that I'm doing? Well, I could just double down on what it is that I've got going. How can I triple it? Well, I probably need to add a couple of staff members. How could I quadruple? Well, maybe I need to get out of the way a little bit, put some management in place, get some more people, get some more selling. But if I was going to 10X my business, none of those things actually are true. I I have to come up with some really uh, new ways of thinking about how to do something. And if I wanted to pull my revenue from 10 grand a week to 100 grand a week, what would I need to do to make that happen? Is it 10 times the number of sales that I need or is it 10 times number of people I need? What is it? No, no, it's, it's neither of those things. And, you, and your problems increase by a factor of 20, not by a factor of 10 when you're trying to next something as well. Yeah. And you got to define that. There's a lot of people who throw around the 10X and, the, and, and they have the Grant Cardone hat. And what they forget is that you got to define what 10X looks like. Yeah. You know, in the olden days, we had paper maps. We didn't, we weren't lazy and had GPS. You had to lay the paper map down and put a pin in it and reverse engineer the path. Yeah. So some people are really good at setting their, they read somewhere, they got to have a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah, that's important. But they set it every year. And then every year it's December 15th. They're like, Meh. wait till next year. You know, you got to, what does 10X look like? And then reverse engineer it to today 
to know how many calls do I have to make today to get this many clients to do this many things. And that's why a lot of people flail because they use, you know, you obviously know it, but it's like 10X, 10X, 10X. I just got to work harder. It's like, no, you're not listening to everything Grant says or Mm. Gary Vee says. And you just took away from that hustle and grind rather than like be smart about it and, Mm. and plot it out. Mm. The other thing I learn about just in business and and just in on that theory, you know, and it, and it goes to the to the holistic COVID thing that we're talking about here a little bit as well, is that whatever goal you set for yourself, if you're like trying to 5x, 2x, 10x, 20x your business, whatever it is, it's going to take 10 times longer. It's 10 times harder than what you think. And it, it will take 10 times more effort than what you anticipate as well. It's hard. It's hard to 10x a business. It's hard to 2x a business. Um, it, you're, you're where you are because of the decisions that you've made up until now. And if you think you're going to get to 10 times where you are right now, then you're going to have to do something radically different. And that involves change that in, that involves adaptability and a whole bunch of different things as well which we've seen a lot of i know i've seen a lot of it here in australia through covid with a lot of my clients and a lot of my colleagues and whatnot as well have you had that same sort of experience there in the us as well with the people that you're working with yeah i mean i had one client who is in chicago and he's an elite personal trainer my you know i've never worked with a trainer it's not my ideal customer persona but he liked my content and he talked to me and he told me i was the first person that talked about branding and sales in terms of revenue. He said, there's a lot of, I call them vanity vendors, get more likes and views. And and it's like, all right, but what's the end goal? So you got to remember, focus on that end goal. Well, he came to me, he had never built a business before. And he's like, I got fired from my gym because of the lockdown. And I started coaching a few of those people on Zoom, but how do I build a business? We raised his revenue by 30%. He's got a six figure coaching business online. Now his city's locking down again. And he's like, he's very thankful and grateful that he took that, (laughs) that, that energy, you know, jumped off. He had never worked with a coach before. I'm not cheap, you know, and he, and he did it. And now he's like, thank God, I'm going to make it through the winter. And even if they don't shut down, a lot of his people don't want to go to gyms now because Chicago's in a, in a full out, just panic right now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, you know, in old US Westerns movies, there was the quick and the dead. And uh, I did a recent video that now there's the adaptable in the dead. Yeah. You have to adapt or die and it's your choice. And and you, you may not think it's your choice. Mm. And I see, I see people, all oh, my business went out of business. I did this and I'm a, I'm a victim of COVID. There's a couple pieces of that one is no, you're probably a victim to the government response to COVID a, <laughs> but that's a whole nother, that, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. But you're a victim of lack of creativity, yeah. lack of asking, how can I get this done? And instead just saying, I can't. Yeah, being intentional is the, is the key there, is the absolute key there. By the way, I love the, I love the Christmas tree. Yeah, the Christmas tree next to me. Nice. It's, uh, we have we have a photography studio here as well. So there's a couple of Christmas trees. There's actually two. Oh, nice. Never get accused of being the Grinch because I bought two Christmas trees here. <laughs> I've, I've noticed, we've noticed that uh, Christmas has seemed to be going up earlier this year than I've ever seen before. Yeah, right. And, and I think it's because people want a, something happy and joyous and, and a sense of normalcy mm. uh, combined with the fact that you talk about adapting. Target, you know, major, major retailer here started black friday two weeks ago because they yeah. know no yeah. one's gonna rush in yeah and, and again it's you know instacart 
people having their groceries delivered to them. I, I used Uber Eats for the first time. It's been around for years. Mm. I used it for the first time two weeks ago. These, there's, you know, everyone said, oh, what's the silver lining of COVID? I mean, we're seeing creative destruction at work. Yeah. And it's a good thing. The problem is many people in our society are so afraid of discomfort that they plead for the angels on high to come in and save them from discomfort. And what happens is you make things worse. Mm. Where if you let nature take its course in terms of creative destruction, now I'm not talking about people dying, right? I'm talking about creative destruction of businesses. Some of these businesses go off. It's, it's you know, when hurricanes come through, where we used to live in Charleston, you we were about to spend money on a tree guy to come in and cut down our branches, the dead branches. <laughs> we just waited for the hurricane. We saved thousands of dollars, right? And then we just, our kids go out and pick up the branches. I'll pick it up, man. And the trees are healthier. Yeah. That's happening. That's happening. And the problem is government has to let it happen. You see with higher education, you see with a number of things, this is, there can be some good things that come out of this. I'm not saying COVID's a good thing, but restaurants adapting, restaurants that were teetering and just kind of wasteful going out mm. of business. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that a lot of them didn't have to go out of business, but that's, again, that's a whole that's a whole new show we could talk about some other time that has nothing to do with the topic. <laughs> we, we put up the Christmas trees early here because it was in reaction to a Facebook post that I saw in the local shopping center. And they said, unfortunately, we've canceled um, the Santa photos. No Santa photos this year down at Southgate, just down the road from where we live here. And um, I said to my missus, who's a photographer, I said, well, we got the space in the studio here. Why don't we do some Christmas photos here? So we put up a little scene, a little background, some chairs, and we've had some families come through, bring their pets and have their Christmas photos in here. Um, and it's still early on. It's not quite December yet. Um, but as December comes on, there's a whole lot of bookings that we've got uh, for family Christmas photos. So instead of people having them down there, they're willing to pay three times the price and come right here in our studio and do it here. Um, so, you know, classic adaptability and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You see a need, fill a need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really simple thing to do. Simple. Well, Kurt, thank you for sharing a little bit of yourself there on the front end and letting us get to know you a little bit. People come on over to the Go All In podcast, mate, to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah. First of all, it was redefining what success meant. And, you know, I'm a guy. And so I was supposed to shut up, put my head down and just earn money. And that's all I was. I'm a breadwinner and I'm a money generator. And, you know, my dad taught me something completely different. And yet I did it different. And, 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 but that's what it is. You, you got to do it. You got the car and I had the cars. I had the house. I had a seven figure agency and I woke up next Tuesday is the three or four year anniversary of it. And I shut down my agency at peak revenue because I hated it. And I remember going to my wife and I said, honey, I'm done. And I, I like, I was expecting her to be surprised. And she's like, it's about time. <laughs> I mean, I was 60 pounds heavier, cocktail of prescription drugs, anxiety attacks. If, if, if I was in the same place now that I was four years ago and COVID hit and everything that happened hit, I don't know what I would have done to myself, quite honestly. Mm. And from a mental, physical health standpoint. And now I, I laugh a lot 
and I go through it and I'm like, well, okay, figure out another way to get it done. And so I've redefined what success is and success is waking up in the morning and being grateful. And a lot of people, uh, I mean, it, that's not the end of all success, but a lot of people wake up and use gratitude as a, an excuse for guilt and stagnation. Mm. And it's all, well, someone else has it worse than me. So I shouldn't want more in my life. And the more isn't just money. I'm not saying money's a bad thing, but more can be more time with my wife, more time with my husband, more time with my kids. I want to be a better dad, a better husband. And that's what I focus on now, being a better human, being a better dad, being a better husband and serving my clients. You know, a lot of people wake up in the morning and there's a lot of celebrity gurus who will tell you it's all about adrenaline and cortisol and get up and sell and force them down the funnel, right? <laughs> and what, what, what people forget is, you know, sales, the definition of business, like I said, is making a positive impact on other people. But some people wake up and they're like, oh, I got to talk to more people today to try to coerce them to reach into their pocket and buy something unwillingly for something they don't even want. Mm. That's a miserable existence. But it if is. you wake up and say, I'm an authority on how I improve the lives of other people, myself, my family, everyone around me, and you, you work at that every day and you get in this state of, uh, the Chinese call it Wu Wei, effortless action, you start flowing. Mm. And it's, I went on my first glider flight last night. Mm. And it's hard to describe, but when the plane, you know, you get towed down and it's bumpy on the, on the grass runway, you go up and it's like, okay, we're being towed by this plane. What happens when it lets go? You know, the plane is loud. You let go, the plane goes and it's just silence. Mm. We're in the mountains and just floating. And it's just this feeling of, you feel like you're flying and floating. You're still moving forward though. Yeah. You're not grinding. And I think we're in a, uh, this hustle and grind uh, piece where people forget, yeah, working hard is important, but you're so busy chopping down trees in the forest and you got the blood and the sweat and the tears. And oh my gosh, I'm going to take a picture of it and share it online because everyone loves struggle porn. <laughs> but then after like six months, you're like, but I'm not earning money. I'm not moving forward. It's because you know what? You were so focused on just sweating and bleeding. That's like, hey, dude, turn around. All you had to do is cut down those three trees. Yeah. You've cut down 200. And so success really is to me getting in that state of flow, having that feeling of freedom and fulfillment every single day. And that's different for me than it is for you, than it is for Jim, John, Jane, Harry, whatever. Um, and it took me a while to learn that um, and hard lessons, but I did. And if you separate the emotion from memory, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, you have wisdom. And it's every you, you look at everything as a learning experience rather than some traumatic event. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a catalyst for you, Kurt, where you had where you redefined success? You know, you had your agency, it was doing really well, you were at peak revenue. I had a similar experience. I had uh, I had an agency and uh, well, it's still there. It's my brother and I were working together. And the catalyst for me leaving that was the same existence, similar thing where I was just really stressed out about what was going on. And the types of clients that we attracted seemed to be people that always had problems. So they had a problem with their website, they had a problem with their advertising, with their marketing, with their message, with their branding, whatever it was, they had a problem and they were coming to us and saying, well, you just seem like the guy that I just dealt with who promised the earth and didn't deliver anything. Can I just burn another 10,000 bucks? Am I going to burn 10 grand with you as well? And they were always really cynical and not very nice. And I made a mistake on a project 
where I underquoted a project and I bought into the guy's BS. Oh, I don't have any money. I don't have any of this. I don't have any of that. And sort of like, all right, man, well, let's just get this done. I'll, I'll help you out because I know this is going to be a long-term engagement. And silly me buying into his BS, I got caught out really badly. And one day he called me and he said to me, and, and what, what had happened was I just didn't charge enough on the front end for the project. And the project was just more complicated than what we anticipated. So it required more hours. So we're going backwards in the budget and I had to ask him for some more money. And he said, all right, I'll come around and pick you up because where the office was, was just a bit tricky to kind of get anywhere. He come and collected me in his fancy $200,000 Mercedes. And he took me out for a lunch that cost us 400 bucks for the pair of us. And then I was like, you know what, man? I just bought into all your BS that you had no money and you rock up in your $3,000 suit looking like a million bucks with your jewelry and your watches and all of that sort of stuff. And then you're trying to you penny pinch me into this deal when I'm trying to help you build your business. And I'm genuinely got buy-in to helping you and doing all the right things. And I was just, it was so unbelievably stressful. And I was just like, well, why, why would you do that to somebody? I felt like I felt I'd been taken advantage of and professionally, for lack of a better term, professionally kind of raped. He kind of yeah. gave it to me and just like took so, so much advantage of me. You know, people are sharks and if you let them, they'll bite you. And he bit me really hard and I was losing sleep over it. And one day I just woke up and I was like, you know what? I'm out. And my, yeah. my bro was like, out where? I said, I'm out. And he goes, well, yeah, you're not in the office. You're out. Where are you? And I said, I'm out, man. I'm going. He goes, just have a holiday. Just maybe you need a holiday. I'm like, no, nah, I don't need a holiday, man. I need to go and do something else. What? I don't know. I'll do it. Did you have a catalyst like that? Yeah. Well, you know, the first four or five years, I had the same experience and I was taking people. They'd offer me money. Sure, I'll, I'll do it. And it wasn't what, you know, I was underquoting and all that. About four or five years, what I decided to do was I'm either going to give this up or I'm going to do it. And I'm not going back to an office job. So I ended up firing half my clients raising my revenue and I doubled my revenue and brought it over yep. a million for the first time. And that, you know, that goes to the importance of ideal client and really knowing your ideal client. It's not just people who are going to give you money. It's people who aren't assholes. It's people who aren't, you know, uh, if I can, by the way, if I can swear, I, sorry about that. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, and so I did that, but then the next phase was I had these clients now who were paying me what I was worth. But they were clients who, you know, you bring up always had problems, cynical. I, I worked with a lot of clients, trade associations, large corporations who really didn't care. They would throw money at a problem, but not care about the end result, not care about the impact. And every email, every meeting, every conversation, every social media post was the most important meeting, email, social media post in the history of, of those things. <laughs> and then it was like, fly here, fly here. You got to fly here. And it's like, it was for what? For like a dumb meeting. My dad died in 2012, and I remember sitting there at the wake, and he had had an incredible career. He worked on uh, the space program, had been president of these large corporations, uh, helped, had the patent for all the electronic switches in the Boeing 777, all these crazy things. At his wake, grown men crying, not a single person talked about my dad's career. Mm. It was all about husband, father, all these things. And I remember sitting there thinking, he, he, he set the example, I'm not doing it. And I'm going to start making a change. Of course, I didn't. That <laughs> stuck with me for another yeah. four or five years until finally the pain got so much where I'm just like, I'm out. And it was, mm -hmm. it was there was this meeting uh, that I had been to the year before and I flew uh, to DC. It was like 12 degrees or something. I flew on a Sunday night for an 8 a.m. Monday meeting. And we got in there and there was like a pre-meeting before and I had to present. 
at like nine or something. And the, the head of the organization before I started was like, you know what, Kurt, wait, everyone in this room is low energy and you're not starting until we figure out why and scolded us like children for 45 minutes. And I remember sitting in that meeting, like I'm never coming back here again. I flew in Sunday, gave up time with my family. Yeah. Yeah. But of course the year goes by and I'm like, well, I'll put up with it. But that day when I woke up and I said, it's done was a week before going to that meeting again. Mm. And I was supposed to have the week off. It was Thanksgiving week here. And I kept getting emails and calls and there was a, you're, you're going to present on this next week. I'm like, no, we're going to get yelled at if we know you're going to present on it anyways. They were like putting me out as like a, as like a, you know, whatever the front runner to get murdered. Sacrificial uh, corporate yeah. dude. <laughs> and I remember sitting, yeah, I sat in bed and I was like, some of the things that went through my head were if my plane goes down to or from this God awful meeting, I won't have to go to the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Well that, that's one thing. Yeah. Would I be happy? But, do I want to go out like that? Yeah. And it's like, this ain't worth it. And I got up and told my client, I fired them. I fired them all. Mm. And, um, and it was the best thing I ever did. I had learning experience. I built a business and I know how to do that. I use that to help my clients now, but I really wanted to work with small and medium sized businesses because they are people who, if they have a, you know, it's interesting. Some people, like you said, have money, mm. but they don't have as much of a pain point. So they're always looking for a deal and they'll underpay you. Small business owners, when they have a pain point, if, they, if they're truly committed to building their business, they're going to pay you what you're worth and they're going to do the work. Yeah. And I just love working with people like that who get it, who understand it, who want to win, want to make themselves better and are willing to do what it takes to get there. And, you know, in a lot of corporations, it's not. It's people who are there because not everyone, but they're there because it's safe. And they're like, we have a million dollars, just spend it and get us a lot of likes and views and da, da, da. And by the way, do it today. And if not, we're going to yell at you. And I remember getting called late on a Friday night because someone on my team had posted something on social media that was, it wasn't even a big mistake. And it had been taken care of like 48 hours before, after like a few hours. And it was Memorial Day weekend here, which is a, you know, you have, it's a, it's a big weekend here. Yeah. Called me at like seven or 7.30 on a Friday night to read me out and demand that I fire whoever on my team posted it. Oh my gosh. And I, I actually lied and said, it was me. It was me. Like almost daring him, fire me. Mm. And he's like, oh, 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 backed off and said, well, thanks for taking ownership. But again, like you said, it's like, it, it, I know exactly what you said. Do you think I slept that night? Do you mm. think I enjoyed my Memorial Day weekend? No. It was like oh. ruined the whole weekend with family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kurt, if someone's listening to this and they're, they're teetering on the edge of, of where, you know, the show is normally about going all in and committing to something, but we're talking about breaking away from something. And that's a form of commitment as well. And it sounds like you and I have had very similar experiences in that, which is kind of cool. And I'm, I'm never surprised by that, but I'm always surprised at the same time. You know, we've, we come from similar cultures, you know what I mean? The similar yeah. sort of values that we have in our systems, Americans and Australians. So it's not surprising that we have similar experiences like that. But if someone's listening to this and they're like ready to cut that away, ready to cut that bad job, that bad career, that bad relationship, but there's something holding them back because maybe it's a little bit safe or maybe there's something just holding them there. What would you say? What would you say to encourage them? Yeah, you know, Start asking yourself, what do I want? Well, I have three options in front of me. They're all good options. No, but what do you want? Well, this one would do this. And then, no, do you want that? Or does your parents want that from when you were 15? Or does your teacher want, you know, what do you want? And it's such an interesting question that 
if you start, if it demands an answer, right? Well, I could do these three things. What do you want? I just talked to a guy, he's a potential client, and he's got three options. It's very clear which one he wants to go to, depending on what he wants, but he, he, he won't go all in. He won't make mm-hmm. that commitment. And so if we work together, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep that. What do you want? What do you want to do? I want to do this. Then why would you do that? Well, because, you know, the long-term uh, security with money, et cetera, I said, it's 2020. How many people traded their freedom for security for the last 10 years? And yeah. now said, I just wasted 10 years of my yeah. life. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I have what I call five pillars of the freedom lifestyle, which help you build that mindset. And so I wrote the book. If, if you, anyone goes to fivepillarsoffreedom.com, they can actually get chapter one of the book for free. Right now, it's actually 99 cents on Kindle. When COVID happened, I lowered the Kindle price to 99 cents because I don't care if you're in India, Australia, the UK or whatever, get the book and, and start putting together that roadmap to just start saying, all right, I don't want this. Why am I doing this? Mm. You know, and it's like you're, you just take a vacation, take a holiday. No, that I just don't want this, you know. I don't feel like I need a holiday. I just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would what I would say, and and I, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times on some podcasts early on. Um, my, my experience was pretty fearful of leaving an agency, security, money, working with my brother. It was the sort of thing that you could do for the rest of your life because I could just ring him up and go, "I'm not coming to work today, but I'll see him, whatever." Like, you know, I'll come and go as I please, do whatever I want. I've got a pocket full of money, pretty, pretty happy and comfortable. And it could do it for the rest of my life. And you have a crappy client here and there. It's not a big deal. You know, not everybody's a perfect person and neither am I, and they're not always perfect clients and neither I'm not a perfect vendor every time either. You know, I'm, I'm a realist about it, but the, the reality is like letting go of something like that kind of means starting again. And it's, you have certainty, then you have massive uncertainty, but massive uncertainty gets filled in really quickly is what I discovered. Because if you're not doing that anymore, suddenly you've got so much time. And I had an experience, <laughs> I had an experience which kind of reminded me of that recently. My, my missus, as I mentioned earlier, she's a photographer and she had a wedding on the South coast of New South Wales here as this COVID thing started to calm down here where we are. And it was the first wedding we had in ages. And it was, a, it was an opportunity to get away for the weekend in this beautiful part of the world called South Durris on New South Wales, South coast. And these beaches just unspoiled beaches for as far as you could see. And there's maybe like three people there. It's like, this is like, if COVID really did wipe out the rest of the earth, this is where we would be. (laughs) Um, The really beautiful place. So we got there the day before and then the day of the wedding, um, Sue had to leave early. She was out by, I think it was like quarter to nine or something like that. And I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to do the normal thing that I would do. I'm going to put my backpack on and I'm going to go for a, a walk. It's probably, I don't know, maybe a, a 12, 13 kilometer walk where I was round trip. And I started walking and I came back and it was, you know, I must've been 10, quarter past 10, 10 30 in the morning. I'm like, what now? I've got all this time and there's no, <laughs> there's no internet there, right? My shitty service on my phone wasn't working. So I couldn't sit there and look at YouTube for hours. I read a book for about half an hour and I was bored. I drank a cup of coffee. I had some food. And anyway, <laughs> Sue's got back from the wedding pretty early. It was like seven, seven in the evening. And she's like, how was your day? And I'm like, oh my God, that was the longest day of my life. <laughs> it was so long. I had so much time to do whatever I want. There was no kids. There was no internet. There was no anything. And it was a similar experience when I, when I left the agency, I, I left and I, for a couple of days, you know, I sort of took stock of it and, 
one day is a really, really long time as an entrepreneur. And you can fill in so much and you can do so much in one day. All you need is a little spark. And then I had a little spark and that little spark turned into a little flame, into a little ember and a little bit more. And it turned into a little fire and then it was a campfire. And then suddenly it got a bit bigger and it's a bushfire. And it's like, oh my God, this thing's out of control. And then you stop and you go, hang on a minute. It's only been like a month since I stopped doing what it was that I'm doing. And now I've got this massive thing happening over here already and these great opportunities and people are going, how did you do that? I'm like, I just started. I just got myself started. I, I quit over there. I had no choice. I kind of took a couple of days, got my head right, and I just started. And it was just, it was, an, it was a really fun experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it depends on people's behavioral style because some people want to build a side hustle and grow mm. it while they're working their day job. There are some people who can do that very well. There are some people who just can't. And, you know, I have a client now who, who, who doesn't like his day job, his W2 job, but he's been stopping and starting at his side hustle, which he's going to be excellent at for like four years. Long time. And now he's like, all right, I'm ready again. I'm ready again. All right, great. We set the goals. We're doing the outcomes. Things will set him off at his W2 job that drains his energy and he doesn't work toward his side hustle. I mean, we've been mm. doing this for a month. It finally got to a point where I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. And so you get in to find what are those natural behaviors and thought patterns, right? What happened to me, I wanted to get away from my agency for a little bit and be able coaching. I couldn't get a single client because my energy was so tied up in the agency. Even if I told myself, just let it go, do the minimum. Mm. I have a strength called responsibility, which is wonderful, but it also prevents me from detaching sometimes. Yep. And so I had to be all in or nothing either way. So I had to choose. I had to jump off the Titanic without a life preserver, right? The amazing thing was I had been doing that side hustle, not getting any clients. Two weeks after I quit that job, I got three clients and $10,000 in revenue in a single week. And so it was like, great. You know, it's, it's, it's that energy. So my client now, finally, I, I, I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I would never tell anyone quit your job unless there was something really toxic going on. Yeah. I would like you to think today. What's the worst that's going to happen if I go in tomorrow and quit my job? Mm. Just ask yourself that question. Good question. Because it's obviously, well, what are you, you're going to die. Probably not. I mean, <laughs> we all could die tomorrow. You never know what happens. But what's likely to happen? Well, I would have more time to work on this side hustle. Is that what you really want? You said that's your main outcome. Yes. Think about that. And, you know. I don't tell people to quit their jobs because if they're like, well, I'm destitute, literally I would be destitute within three days. All right. That's something different. Let's work yeah, from that. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of people who have their, you know, most of the oars are going in one direction. If you have one or two oars going in the opposite direction, it's like, you got to ditch those things. Just ditch them. Yeah. You know, because when you commit, you get confidence and it's, it's the name of the show, man, going all in. Right. And, and you, I'm not saying no, don't ever have a plan B, but I find that people who always have a plan B, plan B is really, it's it, it's become a fishing net instead of a safety net, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Beautifully said, beautifully said.
Okay, that's uh, a lot of fun and it's a, it's a fun topic to talk about and hopefully people are getting some value out of this podcast and we really appreciate you sharing your vulnerabilities and sharing your story there as well. So thank you for that. I want to move off the Go All In story and just find out some more about you and your podcast and your book and what you've got going on in, in your business and whatnot. Why don't we start with the podcast? Tell the, uh, tell the listeners what that's called and what it's all about. Yeah, so my podcast is the Authority Brand Podcast and really simply it's about delivering the right message to the right potential clients to generate more revenue. And really, when you break it all down, there's a million things and there's a million apps and all these things. And I'm sure you've had people come to me and say, work magic, work magic. (laughs) But it's like, who's your client? I have no idea. You know, I've had clients who said, well, well, I'm about to launch pay-per-click or I'm about to launch this and that. I'm like, oh, who's your ideal clients and what's your ideal message? Silence. (laughs) And or, (laughs) or as business owners... We noticed when you said, what do you do? And I said, I said something very different. Deliver the right message to the right client. I didn't say it's a boot camp and it's six weeks and it's all. So we like to verbally vomit on potential clients, I call it, where it's, we want to tell them everything we do, all the bullet points, all the bells, the whistles, the features and all that. And they walk away saying, all I wanted to know is what's in it for me. Yeah. So it's breaking it down simply. That's what the the podcast is about. Um, You know, my business is broken into two lines. One is branding and sales, right message, right clients, right revenue. You have a product or service, you're building a business. Let's, let's get that strong foundation. Once Mm -hmm. you have that strong foundation, you can apply, you know, you book people on podcasts, right? You do all those things. And it's like, I want to be booked on podcasts. What are you going to talk about? I don't know. Right. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, okay, podcasts are awesome. Mm -hmm. What are you selling? What's the impact your clients get? And by the way, who's your clients? Because Mm -hmm. that also helps to know where we're going to book you. Yeah. And so, so that's one track. And the other track is the freedom track, where my book is Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle. It's unleashing your superpowers, which you talk about, defining that long-term vision, defining what a life of alignment, not balance, not work-life balance, that's a myth, mm. alignment looks like for you, reverse engineering, all, reverse engineering all of that to create and define your daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly outcomes, and then getting in that state of flow. And so the freedom track gets people, and I have boot camps, one-on-one coaching to get them on that state with that clear path, that clear vision and, and priority and time management so they can get there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Good. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I'm endlessly surprised. And again, I'm never surprised as well, but the, the type of experience that you've had over a lifetime of doing what it is that you've been doing is you just can't find that in formal education. You can't, somebody can't do a university course or, you know, some, other type of training to learn that they have to come and learn that from entrepreneurs, from podcasters, from YouTubers and things like that. Why, why do you think these things are not more mainstream? Because I see the same thing when the client comes to me and says, Hey Rob, I want to get booked on 10 podcasts in the next month. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what do you want me to do about it? I've got a service that can do that for you, but what do you want me to do? Like, what do you, what is your expectation? I don't know. I just think it's a really good thing. And it's like, at its very core, these people, these business owners, these successful business owners have completely missed the mark. They've, they've like totally missed the fundamental piece of who is your ideal client. And, you know, you, you're not going to be able to scoop up a giant slice of the market. You don't need to. What you need to do is to talk to the right people at the right time on the right platform when they're ready to buy. How come you don't know who they are? And so my question to you is, why do you think people miss that so much. It just seems like such a fundamental, simple thing to people like you and I, but there's so many people that come to me throughout the month that have completely missed that mark. I think it's the matrix. 
I mean, I think, and not metaphysically, but maybe, but I think that our society is set up for conformity. I think it's that way for a number of reasons. I think, you know, we have a, a schooling system in the Western world that was set up to produce factory workers and bots. Mm. And it was a militarized system that started in Prussia. Mm. And, you know, we homeschool our kids because we don't want them to be part of that. We want them to think entrepreneurially and nothing against people who have their kids going to other schools. That's just for us. But I think it applies because, you know, growing up, it's like, all right, what do you have to do when, when you're, when you're young, when you're a kid, right? You come out of the womb, you're full of wonder and excitement and this, and you ask questions, you do all those things. As you get older, you start hearing no more. No, 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 no. And then it's all about, you know, there's a kindergarten here that a few years ago canceled their theater program Mm. because it wasn't college ready enough for the kids, five years old. And so everything is about getting into the better school. And I, you got to have all these extracurricular activities. If you don't like playing it, you have to do it because that's what happens. And I can cite studies, right? And then, and then you go into it and it's getting into the best college and you go to the best college and you're, you're, you're trained for conformity, Mm. you know, and, and the worse we know it is, the more the business community, the corporate culture and government team to double down on it. Here in the U S we had something called common core standardized tests, all these things. And it's, you know, in five years, it's going to be bots. I mean, it's already here. And it's like, we're trying to produce bots to compete with the bots. (laughs) What the bots aren't going to be able to do as well as us, I believe, is the creative thinking. Exactly. And if we empowered people to think more creatively, which is our greatest human resource, we shouldn't be here. There's no reason we should have left the caves and still be alive as a race right now. Mm. It wasn't our brawn. It wasn't our ability to solve math problems. It was creativity. Now you say, well, math is part of it. Well, sure. But the most ingenious people, Albert Einstein, he, he, he obviously knew his share of math. His greatest superpower was creativity and yeah. imagination. He talks about that. And yet we want to just force everyone. You look at an Elon Musk, brilliant guy, extremely creative. I would take Steve Jobs over Bill Gates any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Why? In my view, Gates took a lot of things that were there and just put them in a box, mm. put them on a spreadsheet. Jobs created an entire new ecosystem from his brain. Mm. And so I think quite honestly, we're seeing, and, 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 and what's the problem with that, right? Why don't we just say, well, we know this. Why don't we move that way? Well, you ask yourself who benefits from a lack of free thinkers, right? Because if you don't think free and you just buy into this and you go with a conformist society, what happens? You go into debt. You get that house that you can't afford because someone said you should afford it and you, get, you go into debt. Well, who benefits from, from that? Who'd you mm. get the loan from for the house? And it goes on and on and on. And then you're more reliant on that. And then a politician comes in and says, well, I'll change the tax code to make it better for you if you vote for me. And so the more people can create victims, the more you create customers. Yeah. Whether, whether it's a customer, quite honestly, of a, of a government, of, a, of a, a corporation or of a church, you know, a religion, whatever it is. And so some people don't have an interest in seeing that. We're seeing that today with everything that's going on over the last year where like my wife shares something about natural health and vitamin D and gets fact-checked. And then all of a sudden, Tony Fauci, our head epidemiologist, <laughs> mentions offline that he makes takes vitamin D and all of a sudden, oh, no, now it's okay to talk about vitamin D. <laughs> well, vitamin D doesn't sell drugs, I guess. But it's there's a lot of reasons for it. But I think what you're seeing is an uprising in the economy Mm. of free thinkers and entrepreneurs. Wall Street Journal just had something that uh, new business filings in the United States are at a high uh, since when? 
2007. Well, what happened in 2007? Mm. The economy crashed. crashed. When you take away people's discomfort, again, they have to adapt or die and they do it. And then they start thinking for themselves. And I think you've brought this up, right? Back seven, eight months ago, people were panicked mm. and they were like, do, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And now they've got data, they've got numbers, they've got common sense. And they're saying, you're saying this, but I'm seeing this. I mean, they're canceling Thanksgiving and Christmas here in some states. You Crazy. can't have it. And people are like, no, we're having family over. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Well, what's the next step? Right. And so um, I, I just think free thinking is, is um, it's harder in our society to be a free thinker than be a conformist. Yep. Um, and I think that's to the detriment of society. Yeah. It's a good answer to a, uh, to a complicated question. My, my son, uh, Travis, he turned 18 just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was, it's kind of like, well, two down, one to go. Um, I made it, I didn't kill him and I didn't die in the process. And they seem to be <laughs> pretty, pretty well-adjusted young men. Uh, my oldest son went to university to be a high school math teacher, kind of um, didn't really decided he didn't want want to do that. And he's looking at pursuing some other things, but he's more in the kind of mainstream sort of thing. And Travis has always been a little bit unsure of what he wants to do, which is totally fine. You know, like people Mm. go their entire lives being unsure about what they want to do. And I was at the birthday dinner with him when I took him out and his girlfriend out for tea and family was there and I was sitting next to him and I said, listen, man, I've only got one final piece of fatherly advice for you. It's like a couple of days after your birthday. I was a bit short on giving you this one. Sorry about that. Um, but this is the last bit. I promise I won't give you a hard time. You'll be treated like a man from here on in. So we're going to drink some beers and have some good times and our relationship will change, you know? So I'm, I'm just playing with him, right? He's like, oh, just rolling his eyes. You're an idiot, dad, you know? And he's going, <laughs> oh my God. Imagine if that guy was your dad. Uh, so it's really fun. We got a, we got a great relationship. And he's said, well, what is it, dad? And I said, well, it's a famous quote out there by a fellow named Warren Buffett. Do you know who that is? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, don't worry, that's not important. But what he said was really important. And I said, this is the, the last piece of fatherly advice that comes to you unsolicited. And it's this, if you can't figure out a way to make money while you're sleeping, you'll end up working for somebody until you die. And he's like, oh, and it was actually really <laughs> profound for him. He's like eating his dinner and he's like, and his girlfriend's like, yes, that's, that's true. And I yeah. said, well, you know, if you, if you're not sure what you want to do, you're going for that job interview on Monday. If you don't know what to do, give us a call, come and work with me. We'll come and do that. And you know, like I wake up in the morning, there's a bunch of sales there. There's a bunch of money that came in overnight because people are buying stuff in the U S and in Europe and in the UK and all those places. And then I wake up in the morning, process all the orders and I, keep the money. I'm asleep. I don't have to go to work. I wake yeah. up and I go spearfishing or I go to the gym or I do whatever the hell I want to do like that. And he's like, Oh, okay. And literally like a couple of days later, he's like, okay, dad, what is it? What, what do you got for me? And so we're working on building his e-com store and starting his business and getting That's him awesome. going like that. And um, it's really, it's really interesting because um, there's so much, uh, there's so much beauty in the innocence of it all, mm. but there's so much, uh, viciousness in conformity to a system. Get off your ass and go and get an apprenticeship. You should be a plumber or a builder or a carpenter or a chippy or whatever, you know, like I could be one of those parents getting up in his face saying, you don't get to sit around here and, you know, bludge off your mum and dad and do that. You've got to get out and get to work, get your ass to work like everybody else. It's like, no, 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 no. 
that 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 is like such a harsh way. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's a way to live in the world, and and you know we need the world to be filled with plumbers and electricians and tradesmen and things like that. But if that's not what he wants to do, then what you need to do, young man, is to figure out a way to make money while you sleep. Otherwise, you'll end up doing that for the rest of your life. But if that's not what you want to do, then let's just go and make some money while you're sleeping and then you can figure out what to do. And the innocence in all of that is such a beautiful thing. And I, I can see just in a week or so of a relationship with him in a different form, in a different way, it's like such a, a, a nice bond I have with him and I can feel that bond transitioning into something new as well at the same time. It's really cool. That's yeah, that's incredible. And, and there's so many stories on the importance of play with kids and, and mm. unstructured because I think it starts building that up and that creativity, but you, you get to that part where they start building something. And like you said, it's like, no, you got to go here and you got to become this, you know, we homeschool our kids and we're very entrepreneurial. We actually call it unschooling. We, yeah. we let yeah. them do self ed, self-directed. And my daughter right now is taking an adult level exercise and nutrition course, like meant for 30 year olds. Mm. And she's 14 mm. and she's, she's, hitting it out of the park, testing hundred percent. She's keeping to it. She's more self-accountable than some clients I've had who are three times her age and paid a lot more money. <laughs> and, and what we've, you know, it's interesting because we'll have relatives who will quiz them. Mm. What's your favorite subject in school? And, and I remember this is a few years ago, my daughter was really into art at the time. She said, art, or this particular relative said, no, like a real subject. And my daughter's like, didn't, it didn't compute with her. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's where conformity has. And it's funny, the same people who ask those questions and, and, and push to conformity, many times you notice they're the people who like hate their lives. Yes, exactly. But it's almost like misery likes company, you know? And it's like, it's like, it's like the billionaires are like, yeah, live your life, do whatever you want. But that's why they say what the C students are the, uh, are the wage workers or no, no, the A students are the wage workers. The C students are the billionaires. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. is something to be said about that. Where, where do you see, where do you see businesses tracking you working with smaller, medium businesses? And I'm interested to get your perspective uh, in this COVID area that, that we're in. In Australia, we're in the post COVID era. I saw a stat in my facey feed as, as I was uh, looking at that before this interview. And it said that the prime minister had put a post up and it said 75% of the jobs that had been lost because of COVID have come back. So we've only lost 25% of the jobs. It's completely under control here in Australia. There's an outbreak here or there. Politicians are completely useless and just hopeless wherever they are. Uh, but that said, it's still under control. People are not dying in huge numbers and there's not massive caseloads here. And life feels pretty normal. And I, I feel like people coming are coming back. The photography business is turning around. My, my booking agency has turned right around as well. I've got a bunch of clients and people are spending money again, but I think they're not spending money on the things that they once were from a business perspective because of uncertainty. And I'm just interested and curious to know what your experience has been there in the U S with your clients and, and where you see it going in the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Yeah. You know, so we're in a much more uncertain climate, you know, that, that election we had, mm. uh, I, I guess, you know, still it's, it's undetermined, I guess, in, in, in some people's minds and, and, you know, we don't know. And it's interesting, even though, right. If Biden, is certified and he wins. Eighty-six percent of the electorate I saw in one poll said Trump is better at handling the economy. So even though people, if they voted for Biden, 
they're still unsure and they think the economy might tank. And yeah. is he going to lock us down? Is he going to do these things? And now you're seeing states, Chicago lockdown, uh, you see cities and, and some states, I think Washington state lockdown, others are going to lock down and they're doing all that. And so now people are con- constricting. The interesting thing is now I think people, a, a number of businesses who did it right, kind of put on their armor a little bit over the last mm-hmm. couple of months. And now they're like, now some of them are like, you look at the numbers here and the states that locked down the hardest are the ones that were hardest hit. So why it didn't work. So why are you going to do it again? So there's a bit of that, but I think there's also a lot of people and I've worked with a lot of people who are like, listen, I need to COVID proof my business or every 12 years or 10, 12 years, there's something. I remember in nine 11, (laughs) it will never be the same again. The world will never be the same again. Give it a year. It's back. You yeah, know, the, the yeah. crash of 2002. This is it. This is the big one. Depression. Bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Three years later, we had a, an incredible decade. Um, and now we have this. It'll pass. We'll get back to normal. Um, but I think there's always businesses that learn. And there's businesses that just go back to normal. I mean, you know, the things that caused the, the, the bubble to burst in 2007, 2008 with housing yeah. and banking. After that was done they all went back and did the same stuff. And now we're seeing it in student. So this, now we have a student, student loan loans. bubble yeah. here and, and, and they want to forgive that. It's like, all right, good luck. Nothing bad could come from that at all. <laughs> and so some people learn and some people don't. And you just got to be one of those, some of those people that, that learn and adapt otherwise, you know, and you're going to eat other people's lunch. I told people right after the election, there's people who are cheering and they're going to be cheering for two weeks. There's people who are mad and they're going to be mad for two weeks. Some of them are your competitors know that put on the gas now and eat their lunch for the next two weeks. Yeah. Because I do see in the weeks leading up to the election, I saw a lot of weird consumer behavior. We're selling our house. We had three contracts fall through for odd reasons people weren't even like viewing back on LinkedIn. I, some of my clients weren't, people weren't picking up the phone, nothing, nothing, nothing. And that's why you got to keep it that process. Mm. The day after the election, even if there's a little uncertainty, there's a little more uncertainty or there was more certainty about, okay, yeah. we, we, we generally know who it's going to be. I've had more calls in the last two weeks since election day than the last three months combined. It's weird. It's crazy. Behavior. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Right. Yeah. So, um, you just never know. And, and beforehand, people are like, it's the election. I'm like, no, it's not going to. It is. You know, consumer yeah. behavior is so weird. I mean, when you look at it. I find it interesting how if if I if I turn the news off and I turn my socials off, the reality of my world is pretty awesome. And yeah. so many good things happening in my world and my life, my lifestyle, my family, my health you know, my bank account, all of the things that I've got going on are, are really good. But if I turn the news on and you're influenced by all of those things and the uncertainty and the negative sentiment, and that is genuine, there is genuine uncertainty and there is genuine negative sentiment. And there's people that are really, really doing it tough, tougher than they've ever done in their whole entire lives. And I've got empathy and sympathy for them. There's no, no question about that. But my view is that if you are not influenced by the media and all of the negativity that's out there, life can actually be pretty good. So I'm, I'm optimistic for the future. I'm optimistic for business. I'm optimistic at the state of uh, employment, the state of the economy here in Australia. And as you say, you know, we've been through tough times before. This is the toughest economic time we've ever faced here in Australia, but we'll get through it. And you'll look back in two years and go, well, 2020 sucked, but here we are again, we're back to right back at square one where we were and things are on an upward trend and, and moving forward. It's pretty good. Do you feel optimism like that as well? 
Yeah, I do. I do. You know, I grew up, my dad grew up during the Great Depression and would tell me stories about it. Mm. And I mean, you had people jumping out of windows. You had all these things happening. And it's interesting, the economy is bad and some people are feeling it worse than others. Um, but I feel like the way that the things that we've built that seemed useless, right? Like Peter Thiel uh, has a line that said, we wanted flying cars and all we got was 140 characters. Yeah. <laughs> now, some of those can be toxic. Like you said, I deleted Facebook completely. I deleted mm. it. It's just, it was a, it was a, Not you know, serving you. <laughs> I just followed, unfollowed 6,700 people on Twitter. It's mm. a, far better experience. It's a mental health tool, block, mute, you know, whatever. But some of these communications tools that were nice to haves and whatever, Zoom, mm. you know, a StreamYard, which I use. And it's like all of a sudden, they're the tools that we can use to build. Yeah. And 20 years ago, if this had happened, I don't know that we'd be here. You know, how are you going to, you're going to do a, a virtual meeting. What, what's a virtual meeting? We mm. didn't, we didn't have iPhones. Mm. We didn't have anything. And what do you do? Well, I worked with a lot of financial advisors who have only been trained. Some of them trained still in this day and age to knock door to door. Oh gosh. And which is to me kind of cool, but kind of like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> and then, and then some of them only in-person meetings in, in the year 2000 phone. We still have phone. And by the way, I think people are rediscovering the phone. I, I train my, my clients how to pick up the phone and use a sales script. And like, what, what's that? What, what are you doing there? Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, a, I'm generally an optimistic person. And I think that humanity's greatest resources are creative thinking. Um, I think at the beginning of this, some people used it. Some people did not. Unfortunately, some of those people were in, in positions of power. But I think what happens is the cream rises. I mean, look at, we had a mask shortage in April. There's no masks. Old ladies have to sit at home and make masks. Now we have too many masks. Yeah. <laughs> the market figures it. The market will yeah. always figure it out. Yeah. And so that's why I'm optimistic like you. Beautiful. All right, Kurt, that's uh, been a hell of a conversation and there's value bombs left, right and center there. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. As we bump up against an hour here, I can't let you leave the Go All In podcast without putting you in the Go All In podcaster's hot seat. It's a little <laughs> bit of fun to close out the show, a bit of random stuff here towards the the end. It seems like from your profile, from your Insta, from your uh, from your website and stuff, you get around a bit, you've traveled a lot. And one of the questions that I like to ask my international guests all the time is, is there somewhere that I should be putting on my bucket list that maybe I don't know about? Puglia in the southern of Italy, the south of Italy. Look at that. It, it came out straight away. It was like, I am going there. Oh, yeah, it, it it's where my grandfather's from. My company used to be called Gravina. Right. He's from the town Gravina in Puglia. We've been there several times. It's it's a hidden gem because everyone goes up north to Rome and Venice and, and Milan. The, there's hills, there's beaches. There's, I mean, incredible beaches, caves, you name it. There's incredible wine. It's called Primitivo wine. Um, put it on your bucket list. It, it, the Brits are starting to figure it out and starting to go down there and buy up cheap land. Right. Um, but maybe not now. But but when once it opens up, that's the first place we're going is Puglia, Southern Italy. Very nice. I love it. I love it. Got to get back to Europe as well. I love it. Tell me, mate, what's a uh, what's a skill that you're working on at the moment that you haven't quite mastered yet? Detachment, detachment, 
in, in, in the old, you know, ancient Chinese texts of like the Tao Te Ching, they talk about yielding. And I'm, I always want to go. I always want to go. But in martial <laughs> arts, you know, they teach you if you yield, the, the person may just fall on their face and you just keep walking. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm mastering. And, and, it's, and it's great from a sales tool to a customer service tool to just a relationship building tool where know what hill that you're going to, that, that you want to die on. <laughs> you can't pick every hill. And some you just got to yield and you'll win by doing it. I love it. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I, I had a yielding conversation with my missus uh, yesterday on our afternoon walk. And uh, <laughs> I said, I need to discuss something with you. And she said, what's that? And I said, I've, I've got to make peace with the fact that I can't run anymore like I used to when I was in my 20s when I was in the army. And she said, well, you know, if you've got nothing to train for, of course you can't do that. And I said, I, you know, I think I've, I've come to terms with the fact that I've either got to pick weights in the gym, calisthenics or cardio. I can't do all three of them, which I've been doing, which is killing me because I'm getting a little bit older and my recovery and a couple of injuries creeping in there and things like that. And she's like, well, just bloody pick one. And it's like, all right, I'll, I will. All right. I'll yield to the two others. And I'll, and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll one, yeah. Wisdom from the missus, right? She's always oh, right. You always got to take that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll take it. It was, it was good advice. All right. Last one for the hot seat. What's the, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Uh, the best piece of business advice I ever received was from my dad. And he said, don't force it. I would always try to force something. We take the Christmas lights out, no matter how much you, you organize them, you took them out a year later and they're done. And I would try to pull them and he'd say, no, don't force it. Mm. When you have a little bit of slack, it's easier to do. Mm. And I've noticed that in my life that how you get in that state of flow when you're like, if you sit down and you're like, you're stressed and you're like, all right, I'm going to sit here until I think of a solution. You ain't going to think of it. Mm. If you get up, walk around, do something you enjoy, you come back, all of a sudden it comes to you. Mm. So don't mm. force it. My dad would say that all the time because I, I would always force it. The TV wouldn't work. I'd hit the TV. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, <laughs> there's a great book out there called Power Versus Force. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'll have to find the link for it and I'll, I'll pop it in the show notes here for us yeah. as well. Yeah, it's it's the the crux of what you just said. That's what the whole thing is about. But he goes wow. into a whole bunch of examples like that. It's really cool. I can't remember the author yeah. though. Um, so I'll, I'll pull that out. Mate, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I got a really easy one because I got a long name. If you text the word authority, Y-O-U-thority, T-H-O-R-I-T-Y, to the number 55678, you'll get an auto link. There's three free webinars, Building Your Authority Brand. Uh, up-leveling LinkedIn. You can subscribe to my podcast. Or if that doesn't work for you, I'm not sure how that works internationally. If you go to Merck, M-E-R-C dot enterprises, there's no dot com. It's just Merck dot enterprises. You can learn all about me get some great resources there. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on your phone, just take a little peek at the show notes there and the links to Kurt's details are right there. So you don't have to go poking around in Google for them. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and all of the links are right there for you in the show notes as well. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure hosting you here on the Goal In podcast for an hour or so. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and your experience. I really appreciate that. I know the listeners would definitely have got something out of it. I certainly learned something there as well as I always do on these shows. And I wanted to give you the opportunity for the, the final comment, the parting shot. What have you got for us today? Yeah, it's it's get clear and focus on not only where you go, but the positive impact you provide, the positive impact you provide your comment, your your, your clients. Often we define ourselves by how the sausage is made rather than the, the end impact we provide. So that that's the parting advice that I would leave. I love it. Beautifully said, mate. Thanks again for coming on. And we look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Thanks so much, Robert. 
Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Kurt, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website and socials are right there. So you're not going to have to go poking around in Google for him. And make sure you just pop on over to his website and grab your free gift there as well. All the details are right there in the show notes. Now, if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years, then I've created a masterclass that will give you the strategies and the tactics to get you moving, gather momentum, and break through to the next level. If you'd like to find out some more, then you can hop on over to goallin.com.au and click on the menu item that says masterclass and you can claim a 30% discount with a promo code 30 off and that's for sticking with me right here to the end of the podcast and you're going to save $44 when you check out that's a gift from me to you now if you've got a message or some feedback for the show you can reach out via the goal in socials or you can send me an email at any time just visit goalin.com.au and click on the contact tab to find out more Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. Another broken plate, another called off date. We never seem to get it right. Another heart attack, words that we can't take back. We are the reason opposites attract. Once you slam the door on the second floor, I... Regret it all When I think it through I can help the way I feel for you mm-hmm. You make me lose my mind Like all the time It still feels right Stuck in an endless fight Like every night It still feels right Even the words can't sing I wanna change your thing Until we're fine You've been in bed for days Empty without me, you say Can't you just magically turn up in mine? Then you knock on my door On the second floor And I feel okay You just made it through And I love the way I feel for you mm-hmm, baby You make me lose Somehow it feels right That's how I feel about you You make me